Blog Talk Radio. because it hasn't been slow. Oh, no. We've all been very busy, and when we haven't been, we've been binging the fuck out of things. So we have a lot to talk about tonight. Uh, but let me first introduce the panel that's on tonight. Uh, first, of my co-host of the madness and my partner in crime in the Pacific Northwest, the Enchantress of Nevermore. Please welcome to the show, Raven Jasper Hawk. Hello, you're all sexy witches. Hey, hey, how's it going? How's it going? How have you been handling the heat? It's been terrible for you. Holy hell. Okay, so our three-day heat wave, um, each day broke a record for the hottest day in Portland ever. And I was pet-sitting in a house with one air conditioning unit, but the unit had to be in the room where there were reptiles. So that room, the warmest it got was, the coolest, excuse me, it got over the heat wave was 77, and the house was usually chilling around 88. Um, well, and we got up to 115 at one point. I went outside, and I was just taking my dog <laughs> to pee, and in that time, the metal on my glasses burnt my nose because it was so hot outside. Um, 
you know, a lot of people on the East Coast don't realize that on the West Coast, where I grew up as well, there's no air conditioning in any of those houses. No. 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 And Um, most of the apartment complexes and businesses, even ones with hot kitchens, don't have central AC either. So it shut down a lot of um, restaurants as well. Yeah, at least the, like schools. Like, we had I, a school. Can, uh, all the schools were closed from it. Well, they close our schools when it gets to a certain percentage. Because believe it or not, even though most things in this area have central air, a lot of the schools in Baltimore do not. Right. And 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 it's like you know, and the, right now they're doing uh, makeup summer schools for the COVID kids. Um, yeah. And um, they just can't even keep them open because kids are going to, I mean, how can any kid concentrate when it's 90 fucking degrees in their classroom? You can't, yeah. you can't, Yeah. No. you know, so, you know, it's ridiculous, but, but we still don't have it. Okay. Cause at least like I can go to a, uh, like air conditioned warehouse for my job. So there's that going on. Um, but right. let's get, but the positive side is that, you know, it is July. Hopefully this will break. Uh, matter of fact, you guys have a cold front coming, which I'm very – so be prepared for storms. Um, and you're getting Braden Holpe um, for the Seattle Kraken for the new hockey team. So there's stuff to look forward to in the Pacific Northwest. Yeah. So – but let me get back to you in just a minute, Raven, because uh, we have another person on the line tonight. And um, – even though he's been a friend of the madness and my show for a very long time, this is the first time he's actually been an official correspondent on a regular basis. That's because we are exploring together the summer of death, which is um, right now pro wrestling is having this huge resurgence and the death match community is no different. And so um, we have tonight, once again, the voice of violence, the son of Sally Lloyd, the man, the one and only, Nathan Hamilton, how are you doing, sir? Hello, ladies, gentlemen, and everything in between. I'm glad to be here. And let me just say something right here off the top. I Uh-oh. am a Southern boy. And for a long, long time, and sometimes rightly so, the South has kind of been criticized for some of the things that historically we've believed in. But one thing that I can say every one of us down here unequivocally believes in, and I'm glad we do, air conditioning. <laughs> Amen. Yeah, no, I, I don't even, like, I can't even stand the humidity when it's 80 degrees, let alone, like, what's happening here right now. We've been in the high 90s with 100-degree heat plus heat indexes for the last four days. Uh, yeah. It's been bad here. Um, like I said, not like it's for poor Raven and Queenie, too. I'm thinking about Queenie because Queenie can't handle yeah. this weather at all, so much love right. to Queenie out there, I know that they're going through a lot, but they'll persevere as always because they're tough like the rest of us. We're tough. We're all pretty tough as nails in our own way, so uh, we can handle this. Right. Now, hopefully, Aaron Kogan, my cousin, will call in. Um, it, he mentioned something that I haven't actually heard from in a couple of days, so I'm hoping he calls in. If he doesn't, we'll have to see if we can find him. But much love to him. I'm hoping everything's good. Um, so it will just be this small little panel tonight. Uh, if you do want to call in, and uh, we're going to be talking about what we've been watching, movies and live events and uh, TV shows, uh, please call in on 646-716-9172. Once again, that is 646-716-9172. The sexy witches are looking forward to your call. Well, anyway, so 
Before we start our reading off our laundry list of stuff, we do have a, 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 a public appearance recap to talk about, do we not, Mr. Nathan Hamilton? I believe we do. That was, I uh, believe we do. Yeah, we had a couple weeks ago. We on the 25th through the 28th, we went up to Atlantic City Raven, and we saw we were at the Showboat, which is very interesting because the Showboat was the oldest casino in Atlantic City, and now it is no longer a casino. It is a large arcade, which is very interesting. Right. <laughs> so, With a really killer putt putt course that I'm gonna go have to go check out at some point. I was not able to do it this right. time, but. <laughs> Dude, they have an incredible putt-putt course in there. It was I really nice. I'm not even a putt-putt fan, and it was really nice. Yeah, and they also had a ginormous Connect Four game. That did appeal to me. Um, <laughs> so so we stayed um, at the um, showboat, and we were uh, inundating ourselves with uh, three days of uh, deathmatch wrestling Bloodshed. from yeah, ICW. Uh, now, the cool thing is, is that some of these guys I had actually already seen when I went to go see Nathan and Chattanooga uh, call out the, the TPW uh, Colt 5 Memorial match. Uh, so it, I actually was already going up there to see Akira because uh, his match was cut short during um, the one there. And, I, and he was one of the few people I missed. So I wanted to go up and see him. And he had, what, four matches over that weekend? Yeah. A lot yeah. of people went, because there were four shows over the course of the weekend. Well, actually five, if you count the one non-ICW show. But there were some wrestlers that, like Schlack, for example, worked all five shows that weekend. That's insane. Yeah, it, it was kind of insane. Um, Atlantic City, I have a love-to-hate relationship with. Um, it, it's It's... The boardwalk in Jersey is weird to begin with, but that one in particular is really strange. Um, so <laughs> it was an interesting <laughs> trip, but the wrestling itself was actually pretty good for most of the nights. Um, I really started to learn what it's like to be a, uh, a, a deathmatch wrestler, which isn't really, believe it or not, Raven, that much different than what AEW is doing. I mean, it's still the really? same moves. Yeah, in its own way. Yeah, it, it's still the same moves. It's still the same ideas. It's still the same beefs. But it's just got a little bit more edge to it. But it's still a work. It's still a show. Like, like no one's and trying to actually kill. a lot more broken kill. glass. A lot more <laughs> light tubes. Lots of broken light tubes. Uh, light tubes are very dramatic when they smash on top of a head, apparently. Um, and, and so they <laughs> use them a lot. And tempered glass also breaks a lot, which is kind of cool. Um, mm-hmm. So, but but what I'm now learning, Raven, this is amazing. Um, you would think that you know, because you watch AEW, and there is a girls, you know, women's division, and you know, watch them, and they're mostly good. They're actually improving. They weren't very good for a while, but now that COVID's over, we're getting people back again. Um, and um, there's mixed matches are a thing in deathmatch wrestling. Like, cool. like, I, I, I was so elated. I was like, you know, th- these are stunts. Why can't women do these too? Apparently, they can. Um, and so yeah, look at one, that. <laughs> yeah, one of the title matches was with a lady from Mexico City, a luchador named Sadika, and she did um, John Wayne Murdoch, who's like the biggest hot shit um, wrestler right now in in deathmatch wrestling, and he's got the title and all that. You know, he looks cool on camera. Um, but Sadeka came from from Mexico City, and I saw her wrestle a couple of times. 
and she actually got the title match, and it was pretty spectacular. Um, I I have never seen any person. I would say, I would say Nathan that now that I've seen more than one of her matches, I would. She's probably the most brutal, one of the most brutal deathmatch wrestlers I've ever seen. She is one of those that really kind of blurs the line. I remember back in the day, the, the quote is attributed to Terry Funk and Harley Race. A few different people have said it. They said, we can't make you believe wrestling's real, but we can make you believe I'm real. And I think that's Tadika's uh, MO there because she, she just causes mayhem. All of her matches ended with weird finishes. Like, they went completely haywire the whole time she's just uncontrollable and does whatever the hell she wants and that's the kind of personality that can go really far in that scene and she's and I shooting want to, I want to up. up one thing go ahead i want to bring up one thing because you, you brought up that mixed matches are a big thing i remember after the trip you made the point that the deathmatch wrestling scene even more than just the wrestling scene overall whether it's gender whether it's sexuality, whether it's race, whatever it is, it's that nobody in the deathmatch scene gives a shit about any of that as long as you come in there and bring it. They will give you all the respect in the world. It's it, just it, like a, one of the most equal playing fields you'll ever find. It's funny because, you know, I didn't expect – it kind of fell into my lap, this whole thing, this, this summer of death thing, and I've been exploring it. And one of the things I watched over the uh, course, and I can I'll talk about it now, um, is I watched something called Fear the Gay Agenda. And it was out of Orlando. It's a group of uh, promotion called No Peace Underground, and they did it on a stage, basically. Um, and it was an all LBGTQI plus uh, deathmatch show. Oh, cool. It was amazing. It was absolutely amazing. And, and it, I, I'm like, you know, it, it's refreshing because, you know, you would think, like, you know, you look at AEW and there's kind of this stereotype about the macho and what kind of fan likes, death, likes wrestling, right? But honestly, even though I would say that the Deathmatch fans are a little bit bloodthirstier, but they also root everybody on. No. And... But they do. But they root everyone on. They just want to see a good show. Like, like I've now learned watching, um, like, the deathmatch wrestlers do this chant called, this is awesome, with the little clap that goes with it. And mm-hmm. I, it, the first time I heard it on AEW was a couple weeks ago. And I'm like, oh, those are the deathmatch fans. <laughs> so, uh, it, it, you know, it, it's actually kind of funny. Like, the, the, so I'm enjoying exploring this, but it's not just exploring for Nathan. Nathan, it's work. Like, he's actually working. How many promotions are you doing, Nathan? Oh, God. Uh, <laughs> I've got three promotions that I work with. I've got two monthly promotions, a quarterly promotion, and then I'm doing, I think, four different promotion spot shows. I can't even keep my booking straight at the moment that's why i need a manager yeah. i keep i keep saying oh, i'm gonna if i i need to be his manager because he can't keep his calendar um <laughs> so but even that even more than that though you, you actually called your first non-deathmatch wrestling um pr- promotion on your roster and that happened last weekend so talk about that briefly if you would sir yeah, the first one in a long – not necessarily my first, but my first non-death matches in a long time. Um, I've, for, almost, for about a decade now, I've been pretty much, aside from Monstrosity Championship Wrestling, which was its own monster, no 
pun intended. Well, okay, pun intended. But I've been calling death matches for about 10 years, but I just began working with a company called Southern Violence and Wrestling. Uh, my first show was Saturday night, and I'm their new lead commentator, and I got to call actual wrestling matches, and they were great. Like, these dudes could go. And Hi. another cool thing about this is these shows are available on Fight TV, which is the biggest combat sports streaming, uh, streaming service in the world, 2.7 million subscribers. Uh, the last show is not up yet, but all of SVW's previous shows are up there. They're all worth watching. And we actually have another show in, oh, my God, it's August. I can't. <laughs> but um, Mance Warner's coming in to take on Brad Cat. Hardcore Rules Night. Like, there's some incredible talent on there. My boy Trevor Eon, who was just on AEW Dark, he now he, he became part of the show that night. Like, there were a lot of – it was all, it was cool because it was almost a reset. If you're a, a regular wrestling fan, you know, like, the Monday Night Raw after WrestleMania, they wrap up all the storylines from the last year, and it's almost like a season premiere. That's what the show I started on was. So it was cool to get in on the ground floor on some of these storylines because I'm really excited about where they're going. Well, it it sounds like this this um, summer of death is serving you well, which is great. Um, and um, we'll, and we'll continue. Like, I, like I've said, follow your career this all, summer. It all goes like when it all blew up was that Colt 45 tribute show. And I mean, we almost Colt 45, and it almost feels like my buddy like helping me out in my whole wrestling career and helping a childhood dream come true from beyond the grave. So here's the Colt 45. And I would also say that an, an assist goes to the Nick Gage episode of dark side of the ring. Cause a lot of people saw that. And, um, well, I, think, and I think deathmatch wrestling is having its resurgence for two reasons. Number one is because it's getting exposure through like the Nick Gage episode and the second season, the second half of the season of Dark Side of the Ring has two deathmatch wrestling episodes coming up. But it's also that a lot of regular wrestling companies shut down during COVID. ICW and GCW, the two biggest deathmatch wrestling companies in America, kept going. They just moved their shows outside. And for a, long, for a good few months there, if you wanted to watch indie wrestling, deathmatch was your only real choice. So now not only are new audiences being brought to Deathmatch, but wrestlers that had never participated in Deathmatch wrestling before are coming in. That that happened when we were in um, Atlantic City. Uh, some of those people, I, you know, I'm still new, so I don't know everybody's names and stuff, but I sometimes kind of don't know vaguely, like there was this guy named Moff, and I'd kind of seen him before, and I didn't realize that he'd never done Deathmatch wrestling. This was like he just entered it like a few weeks earlier so a and lot that of people guy's a fucking monster that guy is huge oh my god he is so big but anyway um it, it was a good it was it was good wrestling um it's atlantic city uh we drove after atlantic city down to wildwood and did the bill tracy that still exists on maury's pier and it's called dante's dungeon now they have done a lot of changes to it but none of them are detrimental it was actually a pretty darn good ride so I was yeah, very I remember when I, first, when I first got interested in dark rides and started researching them, one of the ones that kept coming up as a classic was Dante's Inferno. And it was one of those that was always on my bucket list. It's now called Dante's Dungeon. And now, you know, it has some changes. I'll like 
I've only seen pictures of what it looked like before, but they, like you said, they've more up to their game than changed anything. And it was so cool going through that. We, we, it was touching down there for a second. We weren't sure we were going to get to. But I was so glad to finally cross that place off my bucket list. I added an extra two hours to the drive just to make sure we rode it, Raven, because we were – I had a ferry ticket home, and it was a choice between staying in a few extra minutes and riding the ride or um, going home and not riding the ride. So I decided, even though the ferry would have been amazing at sunset um, – Right. I decided to show him, and then, but it actually the silver lining playbook was is we drove down to Cape May, and I also showed him Sunset Beach, which is where the Cape May diamonds yep. are. So, like we got to Dante's, and it was closed, and we yeah, were just sitting there staring at it, and they were like, "Oh, we'll be open in a little while." We're like, come "Yeah, on, well, they come were on, testing cars, <laughs> which is always like a, like a, a finger cross kind of thing. Like we're like, "Oh my God, okay, they're testing cars. That usually means within fifteen to half an hour they're going to run." Right, and we're like, and and meanwhile, the evil genius went over and uh, rode the roller coaster, and we waited, and we waited, and we impatiently waited, and then it opened, and then we did it, and it was good. It was so, oh, we did throw some rings also. Um, I, I sometimes Wait. win the rings. I don't, I didn't win this time, but you know, I, I, what it was, it was totally like, like ten bucks worth of fun, a bu- couple buckets of rings. So you know, they they yeah, knew what they were doing. So that was fun. So, so uh, Nathan, before I, um, b- by the way, welcome, Mr. Uh, Aaron Kogan, the cuz. He is Hi, Aaron. joins us. Hi, Calling from Orange County, California, where he's also roasting on an open spit in his backyard. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, it's been, uh, we're all kind of hot today. <laughs> it's really been hot out there. Today. Uh, so, we're, welcome. we're all kind of hot anyway. Huh, well, I'll okay. say. Yeah, we are. Yeah. We make the earth shake. Right? Last but um, <laughs> I wanted, before we leave the deathmatch wrestling and the wrestling in general, uh, Nathan, give a plug and shout out to your next appearances up to oh, your ensemble. Okay, in two weeks, um, I'm on Lauren? the 24th, I'm going to be in Knoxville, Tennessee. At Total Psychopathic Wrestling at a show called The Purge. That the main event of that one is Tristan Ramsey versus Raven Havoc in a 30-minute Iron Man death match, which is going to be an amazing main event. Two weeks after that is a show in Monroe, Georgia, Lariats and Light Bears. It's a T. That's TP, not TBW, uh, SBW. That's going to be an incredible show. And then two weeks after that, I'm going to be in Reedsville, North Carolina, for the Unholy Warfare Tour uh, tournament. And I'm going to be joining him for that one. So I'll be at that performance. Nice. So, yeah. So, and that's also my birthday weekend. So it, we're, I'm going to combine some things with it. So, um, so that's we're going to celebrate with a blood ritual. I celebrated <laughs> May Day with a blood ritual this year. I might as well keep going, right? There you Why go. Not? Yeah. The, I There's mean, power was, in the blood. Bel- Beltane was particularly uh, good to us this year. Uh, <laughs> I'm not going to go into what? details, but it was very good to us this year. Um, and <laughs> uh, so, uh, uh, so, hello, Aaron. How are you doing? Hello. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. How are you? Ask. I'm asking <laughs> you. You. We, we've already talked oh, about it a lot. Oh. 
I'm Goodly. Um, I actually just got back from seeing Black Widow in the theater with where it was just Natalie and myself. And while it is a balmy 86 degrees outside, when they crank the air for a full theater and it's only two of you, it's <laughs> freaking freezing, Mr. Bigglesworth. Well, great. I'm glad you saw it. Hold, remember to review it. We're going to hold that for a little bit. Yeah, yeah. Long, up the cast a little bit. Um, there's a couple I'm things I know that you've watched that I, and I know Nathan has watched that I want you guys to talk about, including the Bad Batch. So, uh, yes. so, but we'll, we'll get to that in a minute. Uh, let's see. So is there anything else we need to talk about before we get into our, what we've watched list? Yes, there is. Um, there is, uh, tomorrow, if you are a fan of the FP or the producer or Jason Frost or any of those things, um, the FP, um, Fest is going to be, the official dates are going to be announced with the itineraries and the contests because there's always big contests during the FP Fest. And this year, we're premiering the third film. So it's not just the fest, the fan fest, there will be a movie premiere. So that uh, look for that online. Nice. That's going to happen on either, uh, if you have a Twitter account, Jason's always going to hit the Twitter and hitting Facebook. So that we get, so remember mm-hmm. that is happening. Um, I do have a madness announcement, and I was hoping the evil man would call in, because it's actually, we're going to reveal... Actually, we're going to reveal one of the first binge challenges for the madness. Fun. So, um, and it's a first. It's a madness first. We are going Ooh. to do gaming challenge this year. Rock on. Yep. So for those people <laughs> That's very that have, have a console or a PC, the Evil Genius Challenge this year, because Evil Genius has been doing challenges the last couple seasons of The Madness, is going to be playing all three video games of the video game Danganronpa. And you're going to go, what the fuck is Danganronpa? Look it up. The kids are really <laughs> into it. Danganronpa is a game where a group of, or a school, a classroom of kids wake up in a prison with things around their necks and they have to figure out who the murderer is as they slowly betray each other and kill each other. And in the center of this is a cyborg robot teddy bear. Ah! So, teddy bear. That I like it. Vaguely familiar. I freaking like yeah, it. Well, it, it, it's directly, it, it, it's a direct salute to Battle Royale. They, they don't even hide the fact that, yeah, we are copying Battle Royale. But um, but it's instead of being on an island, it's contained to a, a, a cell. Um, and there's three of them. There's two sequels, and it's approximately 30 hours of of play, I believe. So completely possible to do. Um, so yeah. what that would be like 90 hours for the month. So uh, so that is going to be the challenge. And I'm not going to give the points right now, but that is the first time. And it, it is a perfect addition. It's a horror. It is horror oriented. There's a lot of gore and a lot of guts. And my daughter loves a t-shirt. If you go to Hot Topic, they sell one. Mm. <laughs> so so I, will, I will post links to Rampa so people can look it up and see what it's nice. about and see if it's something they would like to do during the madness. So that's the madness. I've always said it. 
I've always said there's one thing Battle Royale is missing. It was a cyborg teddy bear. Sure. <laughs> the cyborg teddy bear is awesome, and he hates being called mm-hmm. a robot. It's hysterical. Um, it, it, it's uh, it's real. It's not bad. It's not bad. It's a pretty good show. And for people that like those things, there are full plays of the game on YouTube. I know that Raven, you sometimes watch those, right? Uh, when people are playing games and you watch them play the game, right? I do not. You do no. not. I think you I do. My roommate does. Oh, that's right. It's Can I bring roommate. up a question? Yes. If you watch a full playthrough instead of actually playing the game yourself, does that count for the points? Ooh. <laughs> same hours. <laughs> that's funny. <laughs> the same, maybe it's a discounted price. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> That's hilarious. Hmm. That's a hilarious yeah. question. <laughs> I, I actually don't know for sure. I'll have to think. I was hoping people would actually play the game, but yes, you can watch mm-hmm. it. There's even an anime online, though all the kids will tell you the anime isn't very good. Uh, so. Uh, <laughs> uh, but, well, there's uh, some of us that the most up-to-date console we own is a PS2, so that's not going to work. <laughs> <laughs> no, I believe you can also get it for the PC. If I remember right, but yeah, oh, yeah good point. Enough. We we will uh, we will um, uh, look into that. We still have plenty of months before I solidify the new rules of this year's madness. So um, right, this year is going to be a little bit different. We already have some movies in the bracket, and we have our all of our invitational people have accepted and said yes. Everyone we initially approached, all of them said yes. So mm, we have so, cool. so we have the and uh, Aaron. I heard you're going to pick yes. up some kind of mantle. Captain, I'm going to be captain. Yeah. You're Captain, <laughs> captain Pigtails, oh. man. He is really going to be. I cannot escape it. I'm Captain Pigtails everywhere. Yep. No. <laughs> so it's, it's my captain, Nathan, against your Captain Pigtails. <laughs> we still need There's to figure out Nathan's match. moniker for the sexy witch's coven. I don't haven't given him a coven name yet. And I don't know what it is. I still don't You're still It'll nameless. find us. It'll come it, it naturally. Always, it does. It's kind of comes violence? out of nowhere. So. It's like a pet. They just name themselves when it happens. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so it's going to be awesome. So um, that's still now. Now, I'm, I want to lead in with the next segment and go right into it. It's 930. Um, and let's go ahead and start talking about our list, but I want to lead off with something because um, it's actually upsetting and disturbing and related to my television watch list. So um, uh, last drive-in by Joe Bob uh, Briggs uh, wrapped two weeks ago, um, and it was fantastic. And they did uh, The Mark of the Beast two episodes back, which is like so elating that people actually got to see that movie. Oh, I'm sorry, Day of the Beast. You're right. Mark of the Beast is a different movie than Day of the Beast, but mm-hmm. it's a it's a Basque film, and I'll I'll lead I'll expl- I'll talk about Basque on my list because I have another Basque movie. Um, so it it was really fucking good, and there's a metalhead in it. It's <laughs> awesome. Uh, so um, but he's going to make this weekend an appearance. At, and I couldn't get tickets. I really fucking tried. Aww. Oh, did I try? But um, he's going to be at the Mahonic Drive-In this weekend in Pennsylvania, in Mahonic, Pennsylvania, for the drive-in. Uh, they're going to record one of the last drive-in episodes on Saturday night. 
Sundays, the kids show. Um, Darcy's going to be there. Friday is the Independent Film Festival. And the Independent Film Festival, look at it. It's really represented. It, 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 it's cool. It, the lineup is incredible. It's an amazing thing. But here's something that is, and two weeks ago, they did Killer Clowns of Outer Space with the Kyoto Brothers at the Mahonic. They had a special yeah. Critter, Critter Subble feature with Mick Garris in attendance. Um, they've been rocking it this summer. And today, we are told they're going to be sold off. Sadness. Oh. Oh. Okay, so the so the Mahonic Drive-In, by the way, is also the last drive-in movie theater in the country, not just in the region, in the fucking country that has a thirty that plays films in thirty-five. Last one, they announced today, and mm. Mahonic didn't even know about this until they made the public announcement today that their the lease was sold out from under them and is being given what? to a solar panel farm company. They're going to raise the rise and make a solar solar farm. Great. Okay. But here's the thing. It's not completely dead because it's public It's partly owned by the public. It's public land. It has to go to public forums. It has to go to a, a town hall. So there is a town hall happening. And so a lot of people, including Mr. Lobo, who's been on the show, and he was at the uh, Kyoto, he got to be at the Kyoto Brothers um, premiere. Joe Bob has actually thrown his hat in the ring um, and mentioned uh, his support of the Mahonic Drive-In. There is going to be a public forum, and they're also going to have a rally, uh, I believe August 3rd. Let me make sure I had my notes up, and of course they went down because that's just how it works. But let me see if I can find it. Um, Lloyd Kaufman has made comments about this. Um, This this is like one of the worst things that could possibly happen. And we've already lost this year the Winter Drive-In, which was the second largest screen in the United States. Um, My my, my, mine up here, the Benji's, still has the win on that. But unfortunately, it really does have the win on it because winter is now closed. Um, the Twins is closing, which is a way famous uh, drive-in. Uh, and it, like all these really famous drive-ins are going, being sold, are, are being sold and raised. And these, and what really pisses me off, no respect, because these things kept the movie industry alive last year during COVID. And as soon as COVID's over, they're right back to selling them off again. Uh, you know, it, it's. It just shows greed is going to always win, and it pisses me off. Um, but so, Joe, you know, so if you have tickets to go see Joe Bob at the Mahonic this weekend, more power to you because it might be the last time you're going to get to be at that particular screening. I have never been there. I've been trying to go for years, and something's always thwarted me. I might miss it. I missed the winter drive-in. I had that on my bucket list, and I didn't get to see the – I didn't didn't go to the winter drive-in and it closed after 50 years Mahonic's been open for 72 years it's one of the oldest in the United States on top of everything else so I'm ugh. anyway I had to bring that up because it's terrible um, anybody else have something to say about it well I go try to get the actual date of the uh, protest Dude, I don't know if anyone else is drinking, but I just poured a shot to the Mahonic drive-in. So here's to it. 
Yeah, I don't, but yeah. I'm going to start now. <laughs> everyone, I just drove everyone to drink. Oh, no. Yeah, they're depressing all. But we have, but it has to be said. More people know the better. Like we, we have to have as many people as we can go up there. It's the beginning of August. I could maybe go up there myself and join the protest. I might. I mean, the the, the I feel passionately about this one. <laughs> you know, almost your civic duty. It, it really yeah. kind of is. I I mean, if, if anybody that knows me for years, I've always been tooting touting drive-ins i love drive-ins i i try to i seek them out um and i've always put on my facebook page is support your local drive-in um so we really need to support our local drive-ins yet at the same time there is a silver lining in michigan they're opening a new one uh this weekend so you know one really? goes to the ashes another one rises yeah so you know maybe it's not all dead but still we're losing some of our classic you know, classic ones, and it's like, why, why are you doing this? So, yeah, but hold on, this one in Michigan, it like it's a full time drive in that they're opening. There is a new one. Hold on. Yeah, hold on, I can see. That's where I can rare find because it. a lot of places like the the plaza in Atlanta started. You know, when COVID happened, you couldn't go inside. They started a pop up drive in, like in their parking lot and all. But an actual new drive-in, that's a big deal. Yeah, it, it totally is. And I know I po- I shared it, and I can't find the post. Um, hmm. Also, the Parkway got, got, um, got sold, the Parkway Drive-In in Marysville, um, which is this um, one in California. And, but the good news is um, it's, um, they're keeping it as a drive-in. So not everyone's raising, they're raising them. So that's good. But it breaks my friggin' heart. Uh, I can't find any of the info. Why is that? Um, 72 years, and they're going to turn it into, you know, and what pisses me off, it's going to be turned into a solar panel farm, which is something we actually need, but we don't need to raise the drive-ins. We just need to build one in New Mexico. There's plenty of room there. Yep. We can build a one large enough in New Mexico to give the entire United States enough energy. And here we are raising our drive-ins. What the fuck, guys? Well, out here we've got some better news. Um, The Landmark Vista Theater was purchased by Quentin Tarantino, who said, uh, unlike the New Beverly, it's going to show new stuff, but new stuff in 35-millimeter and when they do older stuff, it'll again be 35 millimeter. But unlike the new Beverly, it'll stick around a while, a while which I don't know if Hell that yeah. means three to four days or a week or whatever. But the new Beverly is freaking sold out pretty much wall to wall. Every time there's something that I'm interested in, I jump online and sold out, done. So it's, um, it's nice that the Vista is in good hands and that QT is going to treat it right. And and the Vista is actually near and dear to my heart. It's one of my favorite theaters in LA area. Um, it's beautiful old movie Sunset palette. Boulevard, baby. Um, yeah. It, it, you see, they used uh, one, a couple of shots of it in. Um, they used two theaters in Edwood, 
Tim Burton's movie, um, and one of them was The Viscount. Oh. Um, so uh, it, it's a it's a wonderful place. I, I saw Jurassic Park there first run, and it was the first time I'd ever heard digital sound. So it was mm. kind of a, a mind blowing experience <laughs> for for the nineties. <laughs> so uh, you know, you're right on. Go ahead. Uh-huh. Oh, I was just I gonna say, uh, you know, once upon a time in Hollywood. Uh, when Sharon Tate goes into the movie theater in Westwood, that was the first theater that I saw, uh, Dolby, where they do that, and it, like, blasts, and you think you're going to go deaf. Um, the, my friend Jeff and I were stoned, just, I mean, tri- tripping balls, and seeing RoboCop, and uh, that hit us, and we said, well, fuck, we don't really need the movie now. That That was pretty much it i think we've shot our our load right there (laughs) okay so let me give everyone i'm going to give everyone the information about the mahonic drive-in um and then we can move on to more of what we're watching but i will want to caveat that joe bob was on fire this season i loved his choices even some of the awful films were great um and (laughs) um i can't wait for season four so um so yay on that, at least. Um, so Mahonic Township Zoning Hearing Board hearing is at 7 o'clock on August 3rd. Uh, um, and so that's Eastern time. And um, that's in um, Mahonic is Mahonic Drive is East Layton, Pennsylvania. So it's about, what, 45, 50 minutes outside of Pittsburgh. Um, and hmm. um it, they're going to have a rally. I think the rally, I'm trying to get the, a read on what time the rally is. I think it's 3 o'clock. Um, let's see, on Tuesday. So, oh, noon. It starts at noon, and then they're going to do a caravan to the meeting from uh, Mahonig. Um, and there's going to be um, also passes the night before. So if you go, if you're going to the rally, um, they're going to allow you in, uh, into uh, the Mahonig for a double feature. They haven't said what movies yet. Um, and you, and over pi, overnight passes will be free. That's the other thing. Mahonic is one of the few theaters that allow you to camp. Um, so nice. um, and they do zombie fest too, which is like the best zombie fest. It is so good. They have the <laughs> Exhumed um, contract. Um, Exhumed Films is our our B movie um, 35 millimeter. They have the Colonial Theater in Phoenixville's contract as well. Um, and um, they do. They used to do something called the Zoom Fest in Philadelphia, which is just James. James loved it. James Harris loved it. Doctor Terror, rest in peace, loved it so much he had it actually tattooed to his arm. Uh, so we really need to save this place. Like, so shout it out, shout it. Out. Even if you don't live in Pennsylvania or on the Eastern Seaboard, drive-ins. There's only a finite amount of them. There's about 350 of them, and uh, we've, we're losing them right and left. So let's try to keep them around. Uh, I, just, I just want to state for the record, what kind of weird, fucked up dystopian future do we currently live in in 2021, where the evil corporation we have to fight to maintain one of our historic drive-ins is a renewable energy company? You, you, right? <laughs> That's what I've been struggling That's weird with. as shit. I know. It's terrible, isn't it's it? It's a little bizarre. Uh, but the winter, the winter was also sold to a, a oil and gas company. Um, they, they're buying up our drive-ins. The energy is. We don't want them to do that. So, 
But, you know, at least there's still streaming apps. We can watch movies. But, you know, I have the Arrow app, so I can get some of these movies. I know. It's not the same, man. Support your local driving. Go to the theaters. (laughs) Um, We'll talk about movies in a minute. Um, I mentioned the last drive-in. I also wanted to ask the panel if they've been watching Rick and Morty. Yep. Just the first episode because the next three are still locked on Adult Swim. I don't have access. I have I have also only watched the season premiere as of yet. I'm caught I, up. I'm caught up as well. Uh, I will say that I think I, I there's nothing that puts a smile faster on my face than watching an episode of Rick and Morty. Um, hmm. I I I, I lo- adore it. That being said, I'm not sure how I feel about this season. They've just been super super silly the entire season. I don't know if Aaron, if you agree with me. Thank you. No, I was actually just talking to Natalie. I rewatched um, uh, the last episode uh, and with Natalie, and it does seem like the smart has gone out. The the puns and the allusions to other things are kind of easy and and basic. Uh, they're not real deep cuts, and you know they kind of make fun of a really, really deep cut on Archer. That's one of their little bits, but Rick and Morty is usually pretty hip and in there. And since they farmed the writing out to other people, kind of Rick and Morty flavored more than it's Rick and Morty. Well, the science fiction is gone. Yeah. Um, which is, well, like, I, mean, I don't, wanna, I don't want to spoil it too much for these two. Cause it's still, it's still Rick and Morty. It's still fun. Even. We, we can spoil it for them. Horse semen. Horse science, awesome. super science with horse semen. Hey, there's and nothing every wrong with horse semen. permutation of well, joy, joke you could get with there. Horse semen, horse semen, can horse semen. I put a semen. question to the panel? Mm-hmm. I would like to pose a question to the panel. Um, okay. EKG, me and you have talked about this. Rick and Morty, to me, I have enjoyed, I've enjoyed the hell out of every episode the first time I watched it. So far, only the interdimensional cable episodes have rewatch value. Mm. Rick and Morty really has so far hit me as one that I love first run, but going back and rewatching it is kind of flat. Do you guys feel the same way? No. Now, when I rewatch stuff, I usually have it on while I'm doing three other things, and the Adult Swim channel has, like, a Rick and Morty live stream where it's just 24 hours of Rick and Morty episodes. And sometimes I'll put that on just like for my own comfort. It's like Rick and Morty ASMR or something. Um, So in that sense, like it's fine. I haven't actually just tried to pay attention for a rewatch though. So um, I think I I might be. Not all of them are rewatchable, but they're talking in a soothing voice and just belching all the time. <laughs> as they <do> <laughs> I can, I can promise you, I can guarantee you that I have watched the Rick Shank Redemption at least eight <laughs> well, or nine times, and I could watch it again right now. One. The um, so Purge episode so is my favorite episode, and oh, I've watched that one like eighty times. Um, yeah, I also Look who's purging is great. 
The one where they yeah. go through the, um, they go, the, Morty gets to pick the uh, the adventure and they go to this weird yeah. land and then he's raped in yeah. uh, by a jelly bean right. in the, on yeah. the wall. <laughs> I watched that one a lot for some reason. Um, the Misek episode, I think, disturbing. is it was. Yes. It was absolutely disturbing. The music episode is one of my favorite episodes of anything in the history of anything. The music episode is 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 fucking gold. Um, and that's <laughs> like what the second episode of season one. I mean, it's that good. Yeah, uh, the interdimensional really ones are definitely rewatchable, especially the second one, yeah. which is just so disturbing. He has holes. Yeah. You know, anyway, Big <laughs> uh, Doors is also amazing. Um, yes. Um, and then what's the one I also uh, the the one with the uh, uh, Rick and Morty uh, the Rick and Morty's on the on the space station from uh, from two seasons back I watched that one quite a bit um, and then there's one other that I watch a lot uh, so there's like four episodes that I revisit on a regular basis but I don't watch all of them over and over and over again um, so uh, but I'm now there's ten episodes this season and we're only in five in. So we're only halfway through the season, so what? it might Already? be better. Yeah, I know. Isn't that fast? Um, five yeah. weeks. Yeah. Um, but we we will. I, I'm still holding out hope the landing, and it might it might stick the landing. They often do on Rick and Morty. The last episode last was season, pretty good. I Go thought ahead. last season the 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 episodes towards the end were much stronger than the ones at the beginning. So yeah, yeah. we'll see. We'll Fingers crossed. Fingers crossed. Um, there's also, I don't know if you realize, there's actually not one Loki on television right now. There's actually two Loki shows that have come out in the last few weeks on television. Um, I just finished literally before air um, the finale of Loki on Disney Plus with Tom Hiddleston. Um, so, so I wonder if anybody, okay, good. I was hoping somebody had seen it on the panel. I figured Aaron probably had. Um, have you I haven't seen started it, it yet. No? Yeah, okay. Well, I Not know yet. that Nathan hasn't. You can read the whole thing now. But also, I want to recommend something called Ragnarok, which is on Netflix. And they just had dropped oh, yeah. season two. And it's also, it's basically if Riverdale was in Norway and was Norse God. Um, and that's basically what wow. it is. So it's, it's kind of a teenage show, but hmm. it also is wholly really in like hardcore Norse lore and the location that they're in is just phenomenally beautiful. And, um, that, and they have it's Archie of Asgard. <laughs> Loretus. <laughs> <laughs> There's Loretus. Loretus is their Loki and he is absolutely probably I on the short list of favorite Lokis of all time. And I actually like his Loki <gasps> better than Tom's. Um, what? I know. Well, they allow him to be a Loki, uh, if you know what I'm saying. Right. Um, okay. And in this season two, a little bit of a spoiler, but he does give birth to the Midgard Serpent. Uh, Yay. So, uh, and it's disgusting, by the way. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, so I recommend Ragnarok and Loki. Actually, I recommend both. Uh, Loki alone for the art direction, I recommend Loki. Um, and um, and Tara Strong is also Miss Minute, so we always have to support oh, Tara Strong on this yeah. show. So, yeah, what do you think of Loki overall, Mr. Kogan? Uh, I really enjoyed it. It 
it wasn't what I expected, and I'm totally okay with that. Um, I really liked the two surprises we had at the end of the final episode. Uh, the one, which I suppose everyone's heard by now, is that this isn't just nope, uh, nope, a limited. No, 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 no. Nope. Nope. Oh. <laughs> nope. Okay, I'm going to shut up now. But um, anyway, I, I can't spoiler. believe that. The... No, 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 no. I'm I'm backing away slowly. My hands are in front of me. Um, I <laughs> really surprised they were able to keep that under wraps again. Um, I don't know how they're doing it because usually shit slips out. And even though I saw it at like 3 a.m. in the morning, I still had it spoiled for me online because Variety and all the the industry rags were already saying, blah, 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 Marvel releases, blah, blah. And it's like, dude, come on. It would have been so nice to have that in the episode. You know, I'm sure my jaw would have dropped. But the other one, the character-driven one, and the one that sets up all the shit that's going to go forward in the MCU going forward, that was a really nice one. And after everyone's done watching it, we can discuss whether or not mm-hmm is really mm-hmm, but I'm not going to do that now. <laughs> okay. No, so, don't so talk about it now. Done. Maybe maybe no. the panel has some homework to okay, do. Cool. The I'm other half of the panel has to watch Loki and then all Although, of the, and then who you, knew you, that you should watch was Loki's father. I mean, damn. Boy, I'm totally kidding. That was a joke. That was no. a joke. Mephisto is not it's Loki's too dad. Far away. Okay. <laughs> all right. And, and um, I'm going to throw this one, Aaron. I'm sure you're in this conversation again because one more Disney Plus and then we're going to move on. Um, Bad Batch dropped. And mm. uh, so I know that Nathan is watching that as well. Um, so what do you guys I, – I tried to watch it, but I just couldn't feel it. So I haven't really oh, wow. pursued it. So go ahead. Talk Nathan, about it. you want to yeah. jump in? Yeah, I will say I I honestly think the animated Star Wars series have been the best storytelling since the original trilogy. Clone Wars is amazing. Uh, Rebels, especially the second uh, after the first season, it gets amazing. Mm-hmm. Bad Bad Batch kind of feels like the least Star Wars of any of the animated series, but it still maintains that same spirit, and it's just. It's one of the better, like, adventure series, live-action, animated, whatever, you've seen in a while. And you actually care about the characters, and they've built – they've got a huge universe to build on, but they've built their own corner of it to where you could watch this series and not have watched Clone Wars and totally get a great experience out of it. Yeah. The thing for me with the Bad Batch is, first off, again, it kind of exceeded my expectations, which I, again, appreciate. Every Well, most of us uh, fanboys and fangirls were kind of afraid that Bad Batch might be aimed a little lower, uh, kids-wise, yeah. you know, focusing on Omega, who is uh, an original clone of uh, Jango Fett. And all kinds of potential who Omega is. If you go online, uh, the speculation on who Omega will eventually be is just silly crazy. Uh, For me, the standouts are first Dave Filoni, 
doubling down on his Western themes and, and just making it pay off beautifully. Each episode is more gorgeous than the next. You can stop frame just about anything in the past three episodes, and it's just among the most gorgeous art that you've seen. Reminding you a a little more of Ralph McGorry's work, maybe, um, the original guy who built Lucas's universe with his pre-production drawings and art. Um, There have been a whole slew of fan-favorite characters, and yet somehow doesn't feel like fan service to me, which I very much appreciate. Mm-hmm. Well, um, that is, that is that, very true. and they, they also started dropping trailers for the, 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 the Java, um, the Java, what, you know, what, what is it called again, Aaron? The one where it takes place in Java's uh, palace is coming out this fall. Oh, right, right. No, the book of Feth. Yeah, the book of the book, the book of Boba Fett. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The book of Boba Fett. Yeah. But, so uh, they're, God, they're setting that up. can't wait to see what they do with that. Yeah, yeah, I'm curious. So that'll be something we'll talk about, I'm sure, on a later episode. So let, I'm going to round out the rest of my list, which is only three more titles, and then I'm going to send it around the panel, and you guys can drop any TV that we haven't discussed. I started watching Motherland Fort Salem season two on Freeform. Uh, which is a kind of a YA show um, about witches that mm. live in a military uh, military installation in Massachusetts, uh, and um, it, it's actually it's kind of addicting. Um, it's a little violent, actually, it's extremely violent. Um, it's definitely caught my attention. Um, it ended kind of abruptly because of COVID in season one, but they've actually written it seamlessly to start season two so they're doing all right so i've been watching that that's on tuesdays um i streamed all three seasons of dark side of the ring so i am now officially caught up with that show and i've been affectionately calling season two and he does cocaine and he dies so uh, <laughs> that was that, that was kind of the theme of season two season three is except, been, for except for jake except for jake, jake the snake, snake he lives. a lot of cocaine and he lived but that wasn't really about Jake. That was really about his father, uh, Grizzly, right? That's his yeah. name. The rest right? of them just did a lot of coke and died. Yeah. Mm. Grizzly was just terrifying, dude. Anyway, um, you know, but um, so that was interesting. That so I, I'm looking forward to seeing the rest of season Dark Side. Everyone said, even my friends that don't like, re- no, aren't really wrestling fans, but they're documentary fans like uh, Dark Side of the Ring. Mm. And then last but definitely not least, I binged the first two episodes because they're only dropping them. Why are they only dropping one a week? This is a show from 2018. They should just drop the whole thing. It doesn't make any sense. But I'm still looking forward to uh, Wellington Paranormal, uh, which was the <laughs> spinoff to the movie, uh, the original movie, What We Do in the Shadows, that um, Takia Watiti directed back in the day and so we finally now get to see the television show so i'm two episodes in and uh, there's been uh there's been uh, demons uh, and uh, aliens so far so we'll see what mm. happens with that it, it and it is very very dry humor i don't know if anybody <laughs> has seen it in the panel yet not yet yes. um who's, and who's that is available yet? where uh, it's available on HBO Max and the new CW streaming service. There's two episodes on HBO Max right now. 
so uh, you know, I'm definitely going to watch it for good or bad. So who said yes? Was that Aaron? He's been watching a lot of TV. That was Aaron, and well, I watch too much TV. And um, <laughs> uh, if you don't have access to HBO Max or the uh, the CW uh, streaming thing, you can go to YouTube. There's a bunch of clips. They did some really funny PSAs for COVID. That's how I found them a year ago, probably now. Um, And yeah, drive, but really funny. If if you're a fan of what we do in the shadows, you're going to love Wellington Paranormal. I think you mean dry and really funny, not dry, but dry is a positive. Thank you. (laughs) <laughs> oh, no, I love dry humor. I grew up on Monty Python, so of course I love dry humor. Uh, you There's know, a, so... a good deal of slapstick and physical comedy in there, too. But well, yeah, it's it, all, just like any bridge. It's all handled dry, very dry, almost British. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it, it's very, very, very straightforward. Um, and so I, I'm going to definitely give it a lot of shot. So let me start with Raven. So is there anything else you want to add to this pile of movie of TV that we are watching? Yeah, speaking of piles, I've been watching Fear Street. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so there's two out so far. (laughs) There's two out so far. We're waiting for 1666, which I believe drops this Saturday. Um. Have, first of all, have any of you guys watched the first two episodes yet? Um, yes, Only I the have. first one. I've, I've seen, seen both. the first one, but not the second one. Okay. Yeah, me too. So um, I was a ginormous Fear Street fan. I skipped to Goosebumps. I didn't even know Goosebumps existed until I was an adult. Uh, but in fifth grade, I saw the cover of Wrong Number, and I then read his entire catalog uh, and made the library order what they didn't have. (laughs) So super Fear Street fangirl here. Um, I don't know that the people that made this have ever seen an episode or or ever read a book of, well, maybe ever read a book, but (laughs) Fear Street. Um, there's some issues. Uh, this doesn't mean, of course, I'm going to watch the third one. And like, if they made 20 more, I'd watch 20 more, but I'm kind of <laughs> mad at it. And here's the thing. It's, it, it, it has the title, but that's it. Um, it has mm. some names that are similar to the history in the first street books. And some of that is cool, but really it's, Sorry, this should be Stranger Things right now. I'm so sorry you don't have Stranger right. Things. Here, let me use the cast of Stranger Things. Uh, well, you know, Max. <laughs> and, oh, like, okay. five of the sets. There's the Upside Down set is in there. Uh, the Inside oh. of the Camp. It's all reused Stranger Things stuff. <laughs> well, yes and no. What? Ashley specifically <laughs> reuses, and, and Nathan will find this interesting, the campground in Georgia that was they shot uh, Jason right. lives in. So, mm-hmm. uh, so yep. we in Covington about twenty miles. But away. so yep. yeah, that camp stuff they took more from Sleepaway Camp than they did any Fear Street book. I just um, rewatched yes. Sleepaway Camp to be like, hey, what's up with these color words? Are super familiar? I mean, although I know that's a camp thing, but like even the dialogue of how they set it up, it's so much Sleepaway Camp. <laughs> 
Yeah, that's um, how I've come at them because I'm not a fan of I've not read the books and I've never read Goosebumps that much either because um, that's way past my time. Uh, we had um, yeah. I was a v, I was a VC Andrews girl, uh, so um, <laughs> we'll talk Can't about that Yes, Nathan, I used to read a lot of kinky books in high school. Big surprise there. Um, <laughs> Shocking. Wow. Uh, Explains so much. <laughs> but uh, so, you know, but uh, I, I caught them more as like they're kind of nostalgia fest, like for yeah, other movies. Yeah, but it's not giving me – yeah, exactly. It's for other movies. It's not for anyone who's read Fear Street. Um, I, and the mm. other thing is like it's so overscored to the point that I feel that it's pandering to the audience, not just bit, in their eight-second sound clips where they can't even get more than ten. I counted. You could play a drinking game of this. There are well, that's sound clips. Well, money. Um, eight seconds is it's a royal. No, 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 no. That's not the ASCAP. Hang on. Hold up, buddy, because <laughs> I oh. have an ASCAP license for the theater I work at. Oh. You can't. It's not. That's not how it works. If you're going to use that many different artists, and and it has to be, first of all, it has to be three notes or less. It's not 10 seconds or less. It's not 30 seconds or less. If you can identify the song. So um, Seth MacFarlane does this in Family Guy. Do you really want, and he cuts it off because then he doesn't have to pay the rights. Uh, that's three notes. Even though it's more syllables, it's three musical notes. That's all you're allowed. So (laughs) they still had to pay for what they used. They probably had an umbrella license, so they weren't paying per song. But that makes it even more ridiculous that you're only going to use eight seconds. And I'm telling you, I counted. It's eight seconds except for two songs. Well, and there's one song yeah. they don't give credit to, and Nathan and I were trying to figure out what it was. There's a song right after. Can't figure it out. We can't figure it out. What, what it was the song uh, they did closer as they entered the, and then there's a song when they're talking on the phone. And then and, dude calls her, ca- calls her at B. Dalton Booksellers to say, ask her, since when do you work late? And there's a riff underneath the three seconds he talks. Oh, so we can't figure yeah. out what that is. We can't figure it out. So okay, maybe you guys I got to re- okay. I will get that. That's a great will, challenge. We, we listen to that. Or if anyone knows, they should call in because then we don't yeah. have to go back and watch. We don't know. <laughs> Please. I, but I will say no. the first one had a pretty good kill. Um, what, and, yeah. And, and the characters were relatively likable, I thought. Um, right. So I loved all the actors. Right. So, okay. So this is another thing that's pretty funny. If you're reading, so in the books, no one really ever dies. It's about Hmm. someone has died in the past, and you get to the end of the chapter, and it's like, oh, the window was open, and then I saw Robert's crumpled body, and then it's chapter two, and it's like, Robert yawned, getting up from his nap. Like, no one ever Hmm. really dies. You think you, he makes you think that something terrible has happened, and then it really hasn't. And then kids solve what could happen that could kill people, and then it's all better, but the adults never believe. So the fact that they're even adding murders is out of theme for Fear Street, (laughs) because no one ever murders at the time. It's always murder in the past, which is how it opened, and um, also Maya Hawk is totally underutilized right now. I hope they give her a huge role in the third part. 
I, I, I actually am gonna. I mean, I'm still gonna go watch with bells on. I'm there to watch the third one. Oh yeah, um, no, I'm happy know, to be mad about they're it. They're doing witches, <laughs> which you know that folk, right, right. They're, they're doing folk art. So I mean, they're getting to a folk horror. So I'm all about folk horror. Uh, so, but yeah. you know, I will say that they did use a machine head song in the first one, and yeah. they also used uh, pixies to end the the whole mm-hmm. show with. So that's going to give it a half a point for me. So, um, so um, not also bonus points for white zombie for me. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I want to give it some bonus points for some sapphic love trying to go mainstream like badass. Keep those yeah. lesbians making out. <laughs> I, I have no problem so, with Raven, that either. Can I ask you a question? Yeah. Um, since you appear to be the only one on the panel who has actually read this um, as I was watching the first movie, I noticed them lingering every now and then on an image that I didn't quite understand why they were lingering on, and I thought it might be allusions to things that were in the book series. Is that true or not? If they were, I was so blood red angry about the music I didn't touch them because I was specifically trying to find ties to the books and aside from family history um, through the fear family name and the good family name uh, there is nothing that I recall from a book now it has been a really long time but I think some of the bigger plots I still remember and the characters and things that happen and the only thing I recognized was they had a, a wrong number book cover at that bookstore that wasn't R.L. Sign. It was like R.L. Lewis or something like that. Yeah. <laughs> but it, you know, it was no homage to his book, but that was the only one I caught. Okay. Yeah, I was I was wondering if some of those were just bizarre filmmaking choices or Easter eggs. I, <laughs> mm-hmm. It's possible, but I didn't. It didn't connect for me. Okay. Is there is there any other television you want to throw in before I move to Aaron and Nathan, and then we're going to jump into movies? Um, let me. I just my screensaver just went on over my notes. I think everything else is movies that I have. Okay, so, so we'll yeah, come back. Go for it. Excellent. All right, Aaron. Anything you want to add TV wise? I'm sure you do. I have a couple of things. Um, how to become a tyrant. Uh, is a series on Netflix. Peter Dinklage narrates, and it's almost a mockumentary. It's it's kind of a weird flavor. Uh, they have some talking heads uh, that comment on various dictators, but the overall theme of it is, hey, you want to become a tyrant? There's a playbook you know. Here's how Hitler did this. Here's how Idi Amin did that. Here's how Pol Pot did this one. And it's kind of, it hovers around dark humor uh, and documentary. It's a weird flavor, but it's kind of addictive. I'm three episodes in, and uh, I'm going to be watching more of that. Sweet Tooth, I cannot recommend enough. Uh, oh, yeah, it's gorgeous. cute. Based on the DC comic, um, give it a look. Uh, post-apocalyptic with uh, hybrid human uh, young children and just, it's good stuff. I saw two um, episodes of that. So. What'd you think? It's 
it was all right. And they were playing it at my nail place, actually, which I thought was interesting. I just haven't, like, you know, it takes a lot for me to commit to television, usually. Um, mm-hmm. And, and um, I, Netflix, every time I turn around, is trying to get me to watch it. And I just, like, it, it, it's <laughs> to the point that I'm annoyed. So around. I haven't actually continued. Wow. So. Nice. Yeah. Well, I, I even got Natalie interested in Sweet Tooth, so we're going to be watching that. Cute. Um, yeah, she just walked in the room and said, so good. So it warms my heart <laughs> when I can get her to comic book properties. Um, Fear Street we talked about. Um, da, 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 da. That, that's, yeah, I think that's it for TV. Okay. Nathan, what about you? Uh, the only TV show that will you know, series that I need to add. I the, I finished watching Modoc <clears throat> on Hulu. A lot of people aren't Love familiar with it. This one's kind of a Marvel property that ran under the radar. Yeah, and it's it's a really good show. It's on Hulu. I mean, it's got an incredible voice cast. Like uh, Patton Oswalt stars as Modoc, and oh. like. Amy Garcia and John Hamm and Nathan Fillion and Whoopi Goldberg and Bill Hader. Like, the voice cast is amazing. But it's almost like an office drama with people time traveling and trying to take over the world. Oh, and that sounds amazing. It's really, it's, it's one of those series where you kind of have to give the first two episodes room. Because uh-huh. you're like, okay, this isn't so great quite so far. This isn't great. Oh, my God, this is really good. <laughs> so it, it takes a couple of episodes to really get going. But the MODOK series on Hulu is really good and worth your time. May I add that Jordan Bloom, uh, the showrunner and writer along with Patton Oswalt, uh, did a comic book series of MODOK which just uh, had a trade paperback collection of the four episodes uh, hit this past week. And it's really good too. And they kind of tried to make a bridge between Modoc, the comic book character and the Modoc family man and harangued uh, would be world conqueror and corporate uh, in the doghouse guy. Uh, trying to make a bridge between those two properties. And uh, the MODOK series was so much fun and left us on such a great ending. I really, really, really hope they decide to pick it up and do a second series. It's the first Marvel property that's worked as a sitcom. Yeah. Basically. Speaking of sitcoms, WandaVision got nominated for Best Comedy Series. Or a limited series. So the the um, the world of science fiction, fantasy, and horror did really well at the Emmys. Um, The Mandalorian tied the crown for total nominations. Twenty four nominations for the Mandalorian, and then Wandavision, The Handmaid's Tale, Lovecraft Country all Mm -hmm. did really well, um, bringing up the rear. The boys. The Falcon and the Winter Snowman. It's almost <laughs> like, you know, science fiction, fantasy, and horror is getting respectable, yo. Almost. Mm-hmm. So that's nice. It's finally. And, and the, I was really surprised to see Lovecraft Country in there. Um, I, like I said, I, I, I think ultimately Lovecraft Country is a hot mess. 
but I'm glad it exists. <laughs> so uh, that, that's how I feel about it. So watch that. I told Nathan he should watch it and get back to me because it's so weird. I loved um, Lovecraft Country. I, I didn't love it ultimately, but I, like I said, I appreciated the fuck out of it, what they were trying to do Lovecraft with it. Country brought uh, Afrofuturism a whole new aspect and a whole new angle for me. It, it, you know, and I love it just for that, but there's so much other. The second series this last in the last year that also featured the Tulsa Massacre. Uh, so it, mm-hmm. you know, it, it, it's kind of incredible show on so many levels that it got it that's there, and I'm glad the boys is there too because the boys had my favorite finale of last year. Uh, so right but let's move on to movies. But before I start reading off my list, I'm going to lead off with Nathan and Raven here because they both watched. Yeah. One of the most talked about concert films to drop this summer, and that is oh called The Summer I, of Soul on Hulu. I have to mm-hmm. thank Raven so much for turning me on. You to got this it, movie. dude. <laughs> oh Absolutely. My God, thank you so much. I loved it. Oh my God. It was amazing, and I'm so happy you were able to watch it and that you liked it. Um, Holy crap. So I got to see the trailer when it premiered during the Oscars because Quest loved EJ the Oscars. Um, it had already played at Sundance but didn't have a trailer. And at Sundance, it won the Grand Jury Award and the Audience Choice Award. Um, nice. The film contains footage from the 1969 Harlem Music Festival that was recorded on video at the time and then left in a basement until what, a couple years ago. And the people that were at this festival that was in a park for a period of over six weeks, six weekends. Was it six weekends or six weeks through? That would be awesome. It was something like that. I think it was just the weekends. But there were names like uh, Stevie Wonder, Sly and the Family Stone. um, David Ruffin, Aretha Franklin. Thank you. um, Gladys Knight the Pip. The staple yeah. singers, the fifth dimension, like yeah. a ridiculous lineup. It's insane, and the every time they'd show concert footage, I would go, "This is so good." And then they'd like switch over to a an interview, and I, God damn it, I wanted to see the rest of that music. And then they, I'd get into the interview. And then they'd switch back to the music, and I'd be like, damn it, I wanted to hear what else they had to say. Like, my only complaint is I could watch 20 hours of this. I could watch every single hour of this concert. Was it available? Um, I bet you it is on Blu-ray. Oh, yeah, that would be amazing. Yeah. And my buddy Brad, who do the the Selling Your Soul podcast, which you can check out wherever you get your your oral goodness. Um, I told him about it. He loved it, too. And what we were talking about is, like, they told the story of this festival and its significance to the culture, where it was and all that. But, like, I want to hear the story of the footage. Like, why did they get lost in the basement for 50 years? Why were you recording it in the first place if you were just going to put it in a basement? (laughs) What was the point? The way it was in the movie, you can tell they have a lot more footage than they use. Yeah, yeah, you and see a lot of so cameras. Like, and we were we were actually talking about this yesterday. Like that is a box set I would pay a lot of money for if oh, they released yeah. all the full concert footage. 
Like, right. That would be amazing. Absolutely. And the, and it's really cleaned up and beautiful. The sound is great. It's really clear. The colors are vibrant. You can feel the heat. And also, by the way, at the same time, Woodstock was going on. There was one of these weekends. Mm. was the exact yep. time Woodstock was happening. And I had heard of the Harlem Music Festival, but I had no idea it was anything like this. I had no idea it was multiple years, and I had no idea it was competing with Woodstock. There are all those concerts that you always say, if I had a time machine, I'd go back and see. Like, Mm -hmm. that one just entered my top three. Oh, hell yes. Absolutely. That series of concerts right there. Because, oh, Uh, my God. The whole thing starts with Stevie Wonder. Like, Stevie Wonder leads off the thing. Can you imagine? He's the opener. Pretty great lead off. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, it's it's amazing. Um, Yeah, Monterey Pop. Uh, is probably the only other time travel l- show that's on my list off the top of my head that could even come close. Uh, but I still yeah. think this is oh, wow. I, I could and it's rewatchable too because <laughs> the music uh, I is so great. The There's a movie called. Knowledge, Go ahead. To the best Go ahead. Your knowledge, I don't know. Has this movie gotten a DVD release? Um, I don't think it has yet because I think the dis- um, how the distribution works was that it just went to streaming on July 2nd. So I don't think they're okay. at that phase yet. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. It's going to be on the Blu-ray. Concert footage as bonus yeah. features. I oh, I'm sure that, that would be amazing. Yeah, um, and look out, Oscars. Like, I think this is going to take over um, – it, it better win best documentary. <laughs> Holy cow! Dude, here's, uh, here's the quest look. He did, like it. Right. This is his directing premiere. Is a hell like directing documentaries is a hell of an art form that a lot of people don't yeah. appreciate. Like, oh, he just takes shit that's already been you know made and put it together. No, this dude made uh-uh. it an incredibly compelling story. In addition right. to having all this incredible concert footage. I'm yeah, glad that these I love these kind amazing. of concert movies. Like yeah. I was I was recommending Soul Power to Nathan after he watched this one, which was uh, uh-huh. there was a, a big fight with Muhammad Ali in Africa called Rumble in the Jungle. Yep. But uh, yeah. the week before there was a huge concert um with the stable singers were there also actually. Um <laughs> and uh, it opened, yeah, and it, it was the headliner was James Brown. And I got to go to the premiere of it at the AFI here at Silver here in Silver Spring cool. with the back with James Brown's backup band in attendance. So that was really neat. Wow. Uh, so so I would say that would be probably the only move, like concert movie that could probably Pepsi challenge this one here. So I it's on yeah. my list. I can't wait to watch it. So uh, yeah, so it's, I, it's fantastic. I had to make sure at least that, one or both of you talked about power it. Has an inc- yeah. Soul Power, I will recommend that documentary too. It has an incredible sequence. My favorite part of that whole movie is, oh God, I cannot remember his name, from the Spinners, the bass. Bill, Bill something. I cannot remember his last name at the moment. Mm. But there's we'll fix it in post, Nathan. <laughs> there's, yeah, I know, I, I, I should be, you know, burned at the stake and put in stock in the <laughs> county square for that. You'll remember five but, minutes after we're off there. <laughs> yeah. Bill Henderson? But there's footage of him sparring with Muhammad Ali. 
Oh my god! Like in his big seventies glasses and his giant fro. Like, That's badass. Smooth as silk, just trying to box with Muhammad Ali. It's funny as hell. Like Soul Power, all of you need to go see that one. So not go see that one. Was that find it? Find it. Yeah, it's cool. Was that Bill no. Henderson? Bill Henderson, thank you. No worries. I could not remember his last name. That is good. <laughs> yeah. All right. So let's continue our movie talk here. And I will tell you that most of the movies I have seen are horror related. I, I, I've been deep diving a fuck ton of horror. Um, and so hmm. I'm going to go from the one I saw most recently to the farthest one back. Um, so. The last film I saw was a movie, which is, by the way, there's the TV, Mojo TV, the, the YouTube website have posted their, uh, you know, first half of the best horror movies of 2021 so far. The stylist is on the list, actually. Uh, yes. but, yep. Uh, but number one is a film called St. Maud, which is also on Hulu. Um, oh, I want to see that. It is a very strange little character study um it's it's about this uh you know highly religious nurse named Maud or is she there's some question there um and um she's taking care of a dying cancer patient but it's all from her perspective and her and it is she's a warped little girl let's just put it that way um the the ending has been She's not okay. No, she's not okay. Um, the ending is phenomenal, actually. I, I fucking love the ending of this movie, um, even though it's kind of, like, it's obvious yet wonderful all at the same time. Um, it, it, I, I would definitely recommend it. Um, it. I don't know if I would have put it over the stylist, so I will tell you they are very similar movies. Um, it, even okay. though they're, they're covering different material and different aspects of it, the, the ideas are, are similar. And I've actually seen a fuck ton of women-centric horror this year. Uh, Bria Grant had two movies on the top ten list uh, for Mojo TV with the stylist and with Lucky, which is a domestic violence film that I saw at the same time I saw The Invisible Man, and that was an excellent pairing. Um, so, uh, you know, uh, I would definitely put that in St. Maud in that category uh, of uh, female-centric movies. Uh, so... And now a complete opposite of that is uh, I actually willingly watched my second Zack Snyder movie this year. What the fuck am I thinking? And, uh, and almost regretted it. Didn't quite regret it because it wasn't terrible, but it wasn't great either. It was basically if you took the White Walkers, put them in the desert, and made it a heist movie. Right. Um, it was called Day uh, Army of the Dead by Mr. Zack Snyder. Uh, I, well, interesting enough, last year I saw Train to Busan Peninsula. It's the same exact fucking plot, like almost to a T. You know, get it, the heist movie, you got to go get your money at a certain time or the zombies will eat you or, you know, shit like that. Um, there, there was one interesting thing I will say about it. Um, I kind of like the opening credit sequence is actually like they go through an entire zombie movie in the space of the opening sequence. So there's like one zombie movie and then the second one starts when, and that's the main movie starts when the sequence is over. So they, you, they give you like all these like quick shots or slow-mo, not quick, 
because it's Snyder. They're all in slow-mo, of course. Um, but, you know, of, of, of moments of this other zombie movie. And that's how they introduce your char- their characters. And I actually thought that was kind of cool. The rest of the movie, eh, not terrible, just kind of whatever. Um, you know, there's some, okay, it's not the actor's fault. It's never the actor's fault in a Zack Snyder film, um, if it's good or bad. Uh, you know, um, he he was a little more restrained in his overuse of, of slow-mo, but honestly, he's only made one good zombie movie, and he already made that one like 10 years ago. So, you know, this is all rehash. More than that, yeah. Basically. Yeah, I guess so. Um, someone mentioned Passion of the Christ today at work, and I was like, ah, I saw that with Dave. I saw that with the Dawn of the Dead. Technically a zombie movie. movie. Uh, it kind of is. Um, so did anybody it's else ball, like hold their nose and death. watch? Did anybody else hold their nose and watch Army of the Dead? Not yet. Not yet. I'm gonna. All right. Hold your nose and <laughs> watch not if gonna. you want. If you're if you have nothing <clears throat> else that of interest, like I would say, Saint Mod's way better. <laughs> watch that instead. Uh, but if you want something completely mindless, and I will point out the word mindless. Um, huh. Army of the Dead's okay. There's a couple cool images. There's a zombie tiger. That's kind of cool. Um, but you know, it's that's it's CG CG zombies and you know. Okay. So uh, I also speaking of female centric horror, I finally watched The Hunt from last year um, oh, with with uh, yeah, Betty Gilpin from Glow, who I adore, by the way. Um, Here's the Glow. Hair is to glow, man. I'm so sad. COVID killed glow. Um, so, um, really, really love it. It I, it kind of reminded me of the Purge movies. Like, like it's using mm-hmm. politics as a plot device, but it really has mm-hmm. nothing invested in it. Like, it doesn't really have a message. <laughs> it's just using it as a plot device. Um, and, and and it's okay. It wasn't a bad movie. Um. There's some actually halfway decent action sequences and a couple of twists that are kind of fun. Um, it, it, it's not the movie that everyone banned. I, I was like, why? This movie is so stupid. Why are you banning it? I mean, it makes no sense. Um, Betty Gilpin's very good in it. Uh, Emma Roberts is in it for like a hot second. It's actually, there's this whole opening sequence where you don't know who the lead character is going to be because it keeps changing POV and then killing off the character. Um, uh, I actually thought that was really fun. Um, if you've seen The Hunger Games, if you've seen Turkey Shoot, you've seen this movie. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, um, but I wouldn't say, I would definitely say if you're um, going to be in the madness, it's a perfect madness movie this year and it would go and fit into the bracket just fine uh if you want to so use it theme, it really is perfect yeah it's absolutely perfect for this year's theme if you want to use it for the bracket so i would actually give it a, a slight recommend uh anybody else seen the hunt yeah i watched it yeah. um i think i watched it during the madness last year actually ah cool so yeah, it's all right i pretty much agree with you 100 percent on that yeah some yeah. some um really good performances that have rather some okay performances that have some really good moments. It's an okay movie with some really good moments. Yeah, that's how I felt about it. Exactly. Yeah. So, now, um, I um, was going through, for some reason, I went through a, like, satanic 
worship movie. Like, I guess St. Maud would also go in there as a religious. I, I, I died a bunch of religious horror. And um, the, the oldest film on the list, because most of them were, were relatively recent films, uh, was The Church, which I had never actually nice. seen from 1989. Oh, wow. um, yeah, it's one of the few Italian movie. horror I had actually missed. Fucking adored that movie. It's super yeah. stupid. It's so um, good. Yeah. But it's fun. Uh, you know, uh, there's always questionable acting in an Italian horror film. Um, to, uh, you know, to see a really young Asia Argento um, was interesting to see. Um, yeah. uh, you know, uh, there's this whole sequence, though, I'm not going to get into it in detail, where this woman gets a wedding dress stuck in, in the uh, door. And they just kind of leave her there. And I was like, what the fuck, guys? <laughs> but, you know, um, it, but yeah, um, I would definitely, if, if you're a fan of Italian horror, if you like, uh, and it's Michel Sophie, right? So he, he he's um, in, he's directed Cemetery Man and he's in Demon. Um, so it's funny I had missed this film before because you think I would have seen it. It's not like if, it's obscure. If, if your mentors are Lamberto Bava, and Dario Argento, you're probably going to be a pretty good filmmaker. You're going to at least be mm-hmm. a pretty filmmaker. Like you're going to your your movies yeah, you're are going to be amazing. Going to make beautiful movies. Yeah, so they may not um, make a lot of sense, but they're going to be beautiful. I, I would say Cemetery huh. Man is a far superior movie. It's actually fantastic, but um, um. But anyway, uh, hold on. I got I got someone writing in, so give me a second. Nice. Okay. So yeah, maybe they'll call in. Uh, so um, anyway, so that was the so the church when that was the last film I saw for Fourth of July. Um, I actually saw two films in the theater, and this is the first of the two. I saw um, the Forever Purge uh, in the theaters, and I know Nathan saw it also. Uh, and I don't know if you guys saw it, but. Um, First of all, the original name of the movie was Purge Ever After, which is a way better name. Way better name. Uh, once again, yeah. it's the, um, it uses politics as a plot device, but it doesn't actually um, have anything really to say about it other than, you know, we can all get along. Um, <laughs> you know, it is about it. Uh, but there is some decent action sequence. Once again, it would fit into the bracket of the madness of fear to a T. Um, they, they, they were disturbing. I actually felt very disturbed sometimes watching some of the action sequences. Um, I have a very soft spot for the Purge movies. For some reason, I've seen them all in the theaters, including the first one. Um, and um, I, I never see every franchise in a movie in the theater. So the idea that this is the one I did, I think, is hysterical. I would still say Frank Grillo in Anarchy. The second one is still my favorite. Uh, yeah, but it's fucking Frank Grillo. So, you know, and he's also in Purge Election um, Year, uh, which is also my favorite, which has my favorite art design. And, 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 I, and Aaron Kogan and I walked did the walkthrough of that one at Halloween Horror Night yes. one time. So, uh, yep. so I, I do have some soft spots uh, section for the Purge movie. So it was, it was a good afternoon. Nathan, what did you think of it? I thought it was good. I thought it, I thought it was exactly what I expected from the next movie in the Birch series. That's kind of how I feel about it too. It was like it it wasn't. It was more like comfort food, and it was definitely better than the last movie. Uh, so uh, so it was entertaining enough. But 
We have a caller. Yeah, when you're when you're going into the purge flicks, you kind of know what you're in for. So when you go to theater, you point down your money. You're like, yeah, I want to see that. Exactly that. So, so we're going to bring on this caller. Hold on just a moment. Yeah. If he'll let Hello, 404. You're on with the Sexy Witches. Boy, well, hello, Sexy Witches. It's Richard Tanner over here. Hey, I knew that hey, was Richard. Hey. hey, How are you guys doing? Hi, we're going through, we were just uh, we're going through our, our movie watch list from the past few weeks, and I just reviewed The Forever Purge. So oh. um, it, was, it was good. It was great. It was good. Um, so um, we'll get to your movies in a minute, Richard. You get to join this part of the conversation. Um, but I'm going to – so um, – how how has uh, the South been treating you? <laughs> the South's been great down here, man. Yeah. Everywhere else in the world's in the heat wave. We've been in the 80s. Okay. It's nice. Yeah. You guys actually have rain. What the hell, man? It, it's been nice rain. last week or so. Yeah. Most mild, mild uh, southern summer I've ever had. Oh, man. Wow. So I, w- I went on this devil kick. Right, I don't know why it just happened that I did. Um, and I like, like I was just like I was almost free, free associating, and it kind of led to the bunch of films. Um, so I actually watched um, finally, I, I, and I should have watched it sooner. Um, Satanic Panic uh, from 2019. It was directed by Chelsea yeah. Stardust. Um, it's a very silly, once again, a very silly movie. Uh, but it was fun, and it definitely had, like, a supernatural element to it, which a lot of the, the satanic movies haven't had lately. Um, so uh, I, I kind of enjoyed it. It was for it was. This girl is delivering a pizza and just wants a tip and ends up giving birth to fluffy bunnies that could be devils. Um, it's actually kind of fun, and how, how she gets to that point is, is interesting. Uh, so uh, any, anybody else have seen it yet? Okay, so, and I also saw, and okay, hold on to your butts, okay, this movie is called We Summon the Darkness, it's also from 2019, um, at the same time as Satanic Panic, it is almost a similar plot, Satanists are going in and killing people, it takes place in the 80s, there's this huge rock and metal vibe to it, um, and I won't give away the big twist, but it's not what people think it is, which is kind of cool. Um, and first of all, costuming is fun. Uh, the music is great. Uh, and then they have, they do, um, you know, you know, the drinking game, have I never, where you, or someone goes, I never have I ever. Yeah. Never have I ever. They start playing have, never have I ever, but right before it, they all stop and the lead actress stands up and goes, cheers to the madness. And they all go, Cheers to the madness. Nice. Fucking cheers the madness. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, my Feel God. It. They just cheered the fucking madness. So, so cheers the madness. Yeah. So <laughs> watch me summon the darkness just for that. Um, I, you know, so I, I was pleasantly surprised with that one. But once again, it's also it, it's using, like, like, like uh, thematic material as plot device, but it really doesn't have anything to say about it other than that. Um, it seems to be a trend. Um, I finally saw Possessor. Um, 
that time. Oh, Richard, have you seen Possessor yet? I know that Nathan's seen it, Raven's seen it. Raven had it in her top ten last year. Um, the, really? The so who, I have it. This might actually sell me. Yeah. So, um, oh, my God. <laughs> I don't even know where to begin with this film, Raven. Um, it's it's nihil- nihilistic as fuck. Yeah. Um, extremely depressing. It goes mm-hmm. there, which I appreciate, mm-hmm. as you know, that if they go across a certain taboo in a horror film, it makes me instantly give it a full star. Um, and this yeah. one goes there in fucking spades. Um, <laughs> yeah. Um, it's it's kind of like Cronin. Well, it is a Cronenberg, actually, right? It's Brandon, mm-hmm. isn't it? So yeah. I was gonna say it's, yeah. it's written and directed by him. Yeah, it's wearing its Cronenberg on its sleeve. Um, yes. <laughs> uh, but I would definitely say that it's worth a watch. Recommending it is would be weird because I don't think everyone's gonna like this movie. That's no. Because it does have something to say. It has a lot to say. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, but I, I uh, like the the nineties Liz would have thought this movie was the best thing ever. Oh um, hell yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Nineties uh-huh. Raven too. <laughs> yeah, nineties Liz would have would have been like, um, so Possessor was pretty fucking good. Um, and then I saw in the theaters I saw a Quiet Place too. Uh, which, uh, uh, you know what amazes me about the Quiet Place movies is how emotional they are. Mm-hmm. Like, there's a lot of, like, like I get the feels when I watch those movies. Um, and not just because they're stepping barefoot on, on nails. I mean, uh, you know, not being able to scream. Um, actually, there's a lot of screaming in this one. Um, it's a different vibe from the first movie, but um, it definitely fits the universe, and there's clearly going to be a third. So I will definitely see the third movie. Um, and last but not least, least on my list, is another satanic movie. This is an Inquisition horror film from Basque. And it's called uh, A Coven of Sisters. Um, and it's about literally a group of sisters, just ordinary girls, um, that are all taken by, uh, they are accused of witchcraft and thrown in jail. And, this, you know, witch finder. Why do all witch finders look the same? Like, they all look like Vincent Price. It's a rule. It has to be. Yeah. Um, uh, so, uh, you rule. I don't even want to tell you too much about this movie, and I will tell you it's a high recommend, but I love all Basque movies. There's not a single movie from Spain from the Basque region that I have not liked. Uh, and that's why I was so elated that Joe Bob showed one this year, uh, which in, from the same guy who directed Witching and Bitchin', in fact, which is and The Last Circus, which are great. And then, of course, I always rec- and I recommend to Richard, and he watched it, and thank you, Richard, for sometimes actually taking my advice and watching the movies I tell you about. Um, he, he watched um, The Devil and the Blacksmith, um, and so it was a fantastic fucking movie, uh, folk horror movie. Uh, so uh, this fits right in with all those films. It, it is just as good, and the finale is amazing. Absolutely amazing finale. Um, so, uh, I, and that's on Netflix. So, uh, let's start with Richard, my dear. I will usually start with Raven, but since you called in, 
I'm going to have you start. Do you have any movies in the last six weeks or so that you want to add to this list? Yes, and hopefully I didn't miss anything. I came in when you all started talking about The Purge. But I just saw Wolf Among Us at the uh, Plaza Theater last week. Uh, Yeah, top ten. Top ten this year. Like, oh, God. Wolf Among Us? Wolf Among Us. Yeah, it's werewolf the, uh, within, right? Yep, the werewolf within. It's the uh, little game. It's uh it's uh, got the chick from um, AT and T commercials, Lily from AT and T, and it's got the dude from the Tomorrow War. Um, <coughs> have we all seen that? Which was not a good movie, but he no. was great in it. It was just uh, it was I saw it. <laughs> Go ahead. Um, any any other films about it? Oh, I'm sure I've watched other ones, but that's the biggest new one. Everything else, I've been watching a lot of old old stuff. I've been watching, oh, Fear Street. Oh, God, I've been loving Fear Street. Hey, we, we just had a long conversation about Fear Street. Yeah. Like, we're decidedly mixed on that. Um, Raven really? Is just re- but we're looking yeah, forward to the last one. Well, we're all going to watch the last one, which is hysterical, right? Uh, but Raven yeah. is rebelling because it's not anything like the books. So. Which I appreciate. <laughs> I agree. That's like one percent of my rebellion, but yeah, <laughs> it is a percentage. The music is also rebellion, but uh, <laughs> but yeah, I can see Richard. It's totally up your alley. The type of slasher these movies are. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. So. Excellent. So, Raven, what about you? Any other films you want to add to this pile? Totally. So, um, I won a digital code to get a rental for Nobody with Bob Odenkirk. Oh, right on. Um, Holy crap. So, the movie itself is um, like a revenge action thriller. And it was produced by Bob Odenkirk and the writer... Uh, whose name escapes me right now, uh, Derek Kostad. Uh, And apparently in real life a few years ago, Bob Odenkirk uh, lived through a home invasion, and he hid in the basement and was a complete coward and regretted it, (laughs) like felt so bad that he didn't protect his family better. This movie idea is basically what would have happened if he was a badass. Um, And so... There's a home invasion, and Bob Odenkirk uh, decides not to fight these two invaders because they seem young, they seem desperate, and he notices that the gun is unloaded. But in letting them go, his family just starts disrespecting him and thinking that he doesn't want to protect them and that he kind of sucks. And um, something happens, though, when his daughter asks where her kitty bracelet is and he realizes that the intruders took it when they were going through a change bowl Um, and this is what breaks him and starts his revenge is that the kitty bracelet is like the huge problem and they always say like if you notice fight choreography it's not very good fight choreography but that's so not true especially if you work in the theater and you notice every choreography (laughs) the fights are amazing the choreography and um just the timing and the shots and the cuts 
are, it's the best fighting I've seen in years. Uh, Bob Odenkirk's performance is amazing. He plays like really sick of my life after being in the army a long time ago. Um, so it's like uh, day after day, nine to five stuff to quick action um, revenge. It has great moments of comedy, but it's also like, it's really violent. The, um, Makeup effects are fucking fantastic as well. Um, even if you're not someone who's just going to sit and analyze all <laughs> the crap that looks neat, like you can space out to it or you can pay the hell attention. And I think you should pay the hell attention because also, guess who plays Bob Odenkirk's dad? Mr. Day Player. We could afford him for one day. Christopher <laughs> Lloyd, and he kicks <laughs> ass even more than Bob Odenkirk. I swear, you like, wow. you know, it's not just one. He's in throughout the movie, but you could tell he probably only shot for one day. <laughs> but um, I highly recommend it. I think it's still only available for rental movie rental right now, um, theatrical prices. But when the price drops. Um, or when it comes to a streaming thing, I definitely would say it's worth a rental price. So check that shit out. Excellent. Nice. All right, Aaron, do you have anything else you want to add to this pile? <laughs> well, now that I've got the word pile in my mind linked <laughs> uh, from previously. Uh, yeah, a couple things. Um, the Conjuring, The Devil Made Me Do It. Uh-huh. Uh, also known as The Conjuring 3, Audience Zero. Um, <laughs> yeah, it was... It, that happened. It was, it was It was a movie. You know, um, the way that they, that you know, put, they spun the reel really fast so there was an illusion of movement was really quite effective. Um, I don't know. Uh, it, it, it was there. It, it wasn't very good. Um, they tried to make it kind of a legal procedural, which is an interesting angle to go at, but it just somehow didn't really click for me. And the, I'm, I'm just so tired of starting, uh, you know, in the future and then going back in the past, unless you can really lock that in. Don't do that anymore, guys, gals. We're, we're good with linear filmmaking unless you can make it sing. Uh, it's been played out. Quentin Tarantino kind of, you know, has a lock on it with Pulp Fiction. And, and unless you're going to do something as good as that or better, leave it alone. Um, Black Widow, uh, pretty damn good, actually. Um, Natalie had a good comment on it. She said uh, it felt to her like it had a, a strong, like it had a beginning and it had an end but not much of a middle. And I agree with her. The, the middle is not as strong, but uh, it's a lot of fun. And, you know, getting back into the theater with popcorn, it's a pretty good popcorn movie for that. And uh, I, I will probably see that again when it hits Disney plus, but it was fun to see it in the theater. Um, but again, theater, theater owners, if there's two people in the theater, you probably don't need to set the air conditioning to Arctic. And then uh, finally, Werewolves Within, as previously mentioned by our guest, 
uh, based on the Ubisoft video game. Um, I am a huge fan of horror comedy. That is my subgenre. And this one was definitely stronger on the comedy than it was the horror. And for me to say, I could have used a little more horror, should tell you something. Because uh, <laughs> wow. I'm usually the guy who's, you know, I, I, I know my strengths, I know my weaknesses. And uh, right. I, I actually could have used a little more horror on this one. But oh, it was yeah. fun, and it's, you know, like the video game, it's, you know, who's the werewolf is, is what we're playing here. And it's pretty effective for that um, and pretty innovative. And I would definitely, absolutely give it another watch because I really enjoyed it. And I, I saw it I in the theater. Cool. I, I did leave off my list and I'm going to close and then I'm going to send it to Nathan to bring it home. Uh, Willie's Wonderland. I saw that finally, which is also on Hulu. Uh, oh. with Nick Cage, speaking of horror comedies. I'm not sure what it was trying to go for, but I give it a E for effort. Um, and I really like the fairy. <laughs> I thought it was cool. But um, so, <laughs> Nathan, bring it home. I had a lot of fun with Willie's Wonderland. That was a fun movie. Ah. Um, there's a couple <laughs> that I want to bring up. Uh, you brought St. Maud earlier. And one of the things that didn't get brought up, there's a very overused trope in horror movies of is what we're seeing reality or is what we're seeing mm. the protagonist's point of view? Like, that that has been overused to ad nauseum. But this is one of the movies I have seen use it the best I've ever ever seen. And this is going to sound like an insult, but I don't mean it as such. The last .7 seconds of that movie are my favorite. Uh, the ending wow. is amazing. The ending of the movie is absolutely amazing. And it's, it's in an odd payoff that you weren't expecting, even though it's kind of obvious at the same time, it's nothing you've ever seen before. Um, so, yeah, hmm. absolutely. What else, Nathan? Yeah, the very end pays that movie off like you've been watching the whole time being like i don't know i don't know but it's one of those very few movies where the very ending like like i said less than a second really pays it off two more on the list there's one that i pulled off of the two watch shelf i've I've got an extensive two watch shelf i never have time for the movie called kill list ben wheatley i love that yeah it's been a it's movie. First film. Has, I, has anybody in this I panel seen In the Earth yet? Anyone? I don't no, think so. Nobody's seen In the Earth yet. Right. Okay. Sorry, Nate. I just wanted uh-huh. to catch because he, no. he has a brand new film out right now. So talk about Kill List real quick. Um, I'm a huge fan of that movie. Kill List is about an hour and 40 minutes of a very standard film. I will not give anything away, but that the conceit of this film has been done before, and it's been done before better. But the last 15 minutes of this movie are really good. Really good. Like, pays off watching the rest of it. I highly recommend this movie for the ending. 
Excellent. The other movie, uh, anyone want to comment on Kill List? Because I know it's been out for a while, and a lot of you have probably seen it. Yeah, I mean, you can spoil a movie that's, like, five years old. And thank you. Yeah, go for you it. Spoilers, either way. <laughs> Richard, Richard is, has to go back to work, so thank you, Richard, oh, bye, for Richard. being on. Uh, plug Later, your guys. Stuff. Before you go, plug your oh. stuff. Plug your stuff. Oh, man. Head, head over to BuckshortProductions.com and get Mother News Presents Once Upon a Nightmare, a movie starring the great Nathan Hamilton and Mickey <laughs> Monday. You won't regret it. Wow. <laughs> well, you might regret it, but get it anyway. Okay, thank, you. <laughs> thank you for calling in. It's always a pleasure, sir. Definitely. Love you guys. Hey, thanks for having me. Bye. I love you. Bye. I just and got I- second billing to Misty Monday, and she is way hotter than <laughs> um, for people that don't know, Misty Monday was in um, Sick Girl on Master of the Core, so uh, with Angela yep. Bettis. So, um, well, uh, Kill List is Ben Wheatley's movie. He also gave us High Rise, which gives us a naked Tom Hiddleston. Oh, yeah, thank yeah. you, thank you for that. Um, yeah, thank you. And that movie is <laughs> fucked up. I actually want Nathan. I highly recommend you watch High Rise because I think if anybody's gonna get that film, you will. Mm-hmm. I've mm-hmm. I've seen High Rise. Okay, it's not. It's actually not a great movie, but it's a great adaptation, surprisingly. So who knew, right? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, come on, a woman riding my on a other one. I wanted to bring up <laughs> was Batman: The Long Halloween. Oh, yes, right. Yeah. Okay, Kevin Conroy will always be my Batman. Always. He's a good Batman. But I will say that Jensen Ankles does, or yeah, he does a great job. Dean Winchester makes a good Batman. A really good Batman. And they do things in this movie with Batman that I haven't seen before. Because I've always said Marvel kills it in live action and kind of sucks in animation. DC kind of sucks in live action, but destroys the competition in animation. So Long Halloween is not my favorite Batman flick that's come out, but it is head and shoulders above the competition, and you all really need to see Batman Long Halloween, part one. Yeah. Get into it. Yeah, this cast looks great. And they do... And it's on HBO Max. Which is something you don't see very often. Yeah, that's badass. Into it. I will say HBO Max has been impressing me. Uh, I'm watching it more and more every day. Um, Mm -hmm. There's and I can't wait for Harley Quinn's season three. Um, so oh. we'll keep our fingers crossed for that. They did announce that's going to happen. Um, we're also getting the second season of Loki. They've announced that officially. So all these things will continue. So I'm so glad that we had a discussion tonight. And actually, we fill, we're out of time. We actually filled the whole hour and made it to the end. Woo-hoo. So before Ooh, yeah. we sign off for the night, Nathan, once again, plug your stuff. Uh, go check out Total Psychopathic Wrestling out of Knoxville. Check out Southern Violence Wrestling out of Monroe and Athens. 
And that's pretty much where you can find me. You can also find his podcasts, uh, sell, the old, I think sell your, um, sell, sell your soul, which just dropped its second season. Right. And is, you're working on the third sell your right soul now. Is about to drop its second season. Ah, about to. Well, I'm keep totally looking. editing phase on that one. But, okay, but, and trust me, when me and Brad record live, it requires a lot of editing. <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't believe it. Um, and then there's also Caught Dead Watching and older episodes of Son of Celluloid are out there, too. So definitely check all that shit out for Nathan. And Nathan, thank you for coming on the show, as usual. I uh, appreciate it's it. And, and um, Raven, plug your stuff. Well, you can find me right now on, on Twitter, at Raven Looney, R-A-V-Y-N. L-O-O-N-Y. I'm still sharing what I'm watching and rating some movies if you want some suggestions. And then I've been sharing music and movie contests that I've been entering if you want links to those because I've been winning stuff and it's fun. Neat. <laughs> Aaron, plug your stuff. Winning is always good. Okay. Uh, on Twitter... You can find me at Aaron Sama thirteen thirteen. I'm Captain Antifa, nah, just Antifa. And on Facebook, I'm Aaron Kogan. And uh, if I may, I'd like to take just half a second to note that we lost Robson Roca this week, uh, an amazing comic book artist, uh, mostly known for his work on Aquaman. Uh, he died in Brazil of complications due to COVID-19, which is ravaging the country because their president's a big dickhead. But um, if you get the chance, Robson, uh, R-O-B-S-O-N, Roca, R-O-C-H-A. He died very young, 40 years old, but his stuff is so beautiful. Take a look. And thank you for being on the show again, as always, Aaron. And um, you can always find us here at The Sexy Witches on Twitter and on Facebook. And you can also find me on my personal profile, which is actually the best way to get a hold of me, Elizabeth Catherine Gray. Uh, But I also manage several groups, including the FB Film Geek Circle, which is a general film group, and the Rogues of Tashi Station, which is our small but very significant science fiction and science group. But right now, this time of year, is the beginning of the Halloween Horror Movie Marathon Madness, and that is our horror group. And the horror group always starts to get active about this time of year. And then by the end of August, we'll be full-blown going crazy. This year's theme is Battles to the Death, the Madness Battles to the Death. And our theme this year is the action sequence horror. So um, anything with major action set pieces like Aliens is going to be in. And we're also doing a different style this year. Instead of cramming movies, we're going to do it as a... Uh, a battle to the death bracket. So we've been cramming movies for years. Now let's see what kind of our knowledge can bring out. Who will be the last one standing? Find out this October. So thank you everyone for listening to the show. Uh, We will have one in a couple weeks. I'm not actually sure on the date on that, um, but we'll figure it out. Um, And um, I'm looking forward to, I bought a, uh, yeah, we'll talk later, but down the road, we're going to ha- have another show about AEW because I actually bought tickets to the show in October. There'll be the live Madness read. I have a couple of 
interviews that I'm trying to land for the madness this year. Um, so well, I, I've already told Nathan who I'm talking to right now, uh, but I'm going to keep it a secret until I can solidify it. Fingers crossed guys. Um, and, um, we will definitely see you again soon. We'll leave you tonight with Sly and the Family Stone. It is hot sun in summertime. Good film hunting, blessed be, and save the Mahonic Drive-In. Woo. End of the spring, and here she is.